slow it down a little bit. Just keep your mind working for you. Don't let it work on its own and shortcut the shot and you go down a bad road. This podcast is brought to you by Excess Wings. They provide quality veins that I've personally shot for five years now. With the different shapes and lengths, I've been able to find the perfect combo to match my shooting style. I was using the 70mm veins in my epic showdown with Dillinger this past summer at the US Open. I was extremely happy with the performance that it offered. With a gusty side wind, the 70mm with its low profile cut right through the wind and I barely had to aim off. If you're interested, check them out. Go to excesswings.com, fill up the shopping cart and enter promo code BEARBOATPROJECT20. That's one word, BEARBOATPROJECT20 and get 20% off. Give them a try. Excess Wings. You shoot the stories. We just help. Hashtag Excess Wings for life. All right, folks. Frank McDonough here. Bearboat Project, episode number three. We're going to get started. With me is, of course, our trustee, John Demmer, Grayson Partlow. Sup, ladies. <laughs> you know, notice he didn't respond because you called him a lady. <laughs> oh, gentlemen. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. We were all shooting today. Yeah, yeah we're really open into How did we're you... all he- we're all healthy now and back to shooting. Yeah, dude, you were on your deathbed there for a few days. I know that man flu kicked my butt. No, you're just the <laughs> Oh, awesome. I got Tara in the background saying you're a baby. <laughs> and special guest Tara Demmer. Stop! Stop it! <laughs> oh my god, that's priceless. Grayson, how did it go down there? You were um, you were shooting some head to heads and stuff like that. Yeah, I was at a, a local club, Canadian Cub Run Archers, and there's a a pretty good group of arrow shooters that come around. Um, so we. We try to meet as much as we can. We have this thing going where we try to meet every Tuesday, but today was just a random Sunday afternoon and a few people were free, so we came down. I probably shot uh, 150 arrows or so before we started the head-to-head. And before we started the head-to-head, it was going okay. Um, shooting good controlled shots, but maybe my tune's a little off or maybe my form's just a little off. I don't know, but I'm, the groups aren't as tight as I would like. I'm getting a lot of left and right in the nine, the nine ring, and I just, I can't figure it out for the life of me, and it's, it's just kind of frustrating. I know it sounds silly, but it really is. Um, but then once we started to head to head, I kind of found another gear and started shooting pretty well. I sh- shot like a, a 114. A 114, a 116, and a 119, and I would take that any yeah. day of the week. That's any smoking. day of the week. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, especially the head-to-heads. Yeah, I mean, I, for some reason, like I said, I just found another gear, and I was super calm and just kind of pushed through it. I mean, I was still a little nervous, but for head-to-heads, I felt really good. And, I mean, I was shooting against good shooters, too, 540, 550-type shooters, so there was some pressure there. Um, I was shooting with Paul Vogel and Susan Snyder and um, a couple other folks there. That guy, Dave, I, I've met him a couple times now, and he's he's pretty solid shooter. Awesome. But, um, 
that's yeah. a pretty good group to uh, to have at your disposal to shoot against. It's a yeah, it's some good opportunities to to make everybody better. Yeah, yeah, shooting against Paul and Paul. He, if you know Paul, you know he <laughs> he can be tough in these kind of situations because when it comes down to it, like sometimes he can shoot as good as anybody. So uh, we I've, shot. I've seen that. him just. I've seen him just run on like just strings of eleven. That's just absolutely mind blowing. Like yeah, he'll like, be he'll be ten he fifteen. It? He'll be ten fifteen points down. You turn around, you're ten targets later, and he's like ten points up on you. And you're like, I didn't shoot bad. <laughs> just he just yeah, like, goes he, on those runs. I mean, he's maybe a little past his prime at this point, but man. It, at one time, he was one of the best shooters in the country, hands down. He won a ton of national championships, and he's just a great guy. He's still a great shooter, and when he gets hot, he's as good as anybody. Like today, he had his ups and downs. He would shoot a, a twenty-five, and then he'd come back and shoot a thirty. Twenty-five, thirty. It was just—he's always fun to shoot against. One guy I would never want to shoot against in a one-arrow shootoff situation because <laughs> he's going to drop an no. eleven. No, it's it. It's either he's gonna pinwheel it and you can't get any better, or he's gonna shoot a five. <laughs> you yep. don't, and you don't know which one is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, that's Carl. That's too funny, John. You shot league today. Yeah, it was a it was a league. Um, today was a mail in because um, where the traveling league was this week, uh, it's a little bit of a ride for me. Um, so I wanted to shoot something anyway, just to to work on some form, see if some changes would uh, be a little bit more of a benefit uh, in a scoring situation. So I uh, had some small things to, to work on and see if they were going to be fruitful or not. Mm-hmm. Are you still really focusing on that alignment that kind of slipped your mind from before? Uh, oh, yeah, but that came back in pretty easy um, once, once that was like a, you know, once I got reminded of what I was doing wrong, it just, that came back pretty quick. Um, so, so I was working on that, but wasn't over-focused on that because that's, that's something that that's a shot that I've shot for a few years that it's really easy to get back. But I was working on like just small uh, hand pressure and make sure the follow through is, you know, up and tight. Yeah. Uh, like a, it's like riding a bike a little bit. Yeah, some of the stuff comes back really quick, really easy, uh, and then some things, for whatever reason, is a struggle. Um, but that alignment came back pretty quick. That's good. You, um, were you, you and I were chatting a little bit. You were having, you're doing some hand, you're having some things with your hand pressure and whatnot, because that's something I've had having an issue with the last week or so. Yeah, it seems to be a little touchy um, on certain pressures. Uh, if if I run my one hand, if I, if I run the pressure a certain way, it cleans up all like contact issues that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I veer off of it a little bit, I seem to tick my veins a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's what I was working on a little bit was just that one pressure point, uh, to make sure I had ultimate clearance. Yeah. And both of you on a scale of one to 10, if you had to rate your, score your your not your score you're shooting right now what would you rate it Grayson oh 
I don't know. I mean, it, if he says anything say, less than a t- if he says anything less than an eight, we got to kick him. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say earlier this season, I was a ten. You have to say a ten. Right now, probably seven or eight. It's I mean, it's going well. The scores are are pretty solid. You know, seventies um, in practice, making eighty here and there. And, uh, a bad day is you know upper sixties. Yeah, that's a that's a really but, um, bad day. <laughs> yeah, but it's practice. I mean, yeah. we all, right. everybody has good days in practice. But yeah, I would say mentally pretty strong. Um, form is not where I want it. Um, I'm focusing for me right now on like finger pressure on the string. Mm-hmm. I really think that's causing some of my left and right. Hmm. Um, my tune is, is pretty good. I totally retuned everything a couple of days ago. And um, I think today I got it pretty close. So I'm not totally done with it, but it's on the right track. All right. So you're, so, you're seven, yeah. seven, eight-ish. Yeah. Seven. I mean, mentally, it's, it's pretty solid, like I said. Form is okay. Tune is okay. Overall, seven, eight. Could be better, but could be a, a lot worse. Yeah. John, how about you? Uh, tune I'm happy with. Um, form I'm happy with. Mental, um, that's getting better. I think that was just from months of subpar shooting. Um, that's starting to come back. So I'd say my mental, I'm probably around seven or seven or an eight. Um, shooting wise, score wise, probably seven, somewhere around there. Um, seems to be on the up uptrend now so so i'm not in a terrible spot um i'm not super thrilled but i'm definitely happy with direction it's going nice that's good you how about yourself uh i am it's weird we talked about this a little bit like um my my level of measurement is a little bit different just because of where you guys have shot but like for me my tune i feel is probably like a nine um, I recently took some, I, I acquired some of John Demmer's arrows and switched <laughs> over to the RZ, the recurve RZs, 600 spine. And while the week before that, I shot a 281 with my Black Eagle PS23s, um, I immediately had made the switch when, for the day John had come down to shoot. And I noticed that where I was gaining points with the fat shafts, I was then, with the RZs, two things were happening. One, my shots that would have been like a 5, 6, or a 7 with my PS23s were only like 9s or 8s. And then, so where I might be losing points on my fat shafts, I'm gaining them in forgiveness. So what I've noticed is that my score, my my window of my my... Um, low end average and my high end average, if you want to call it that, has that that window has has closed. So I'm seeing more consistent scores. Um, I think my yeah, f- it looks like it looks like you are shooting a lot less uh, sevens and sixes. All the cards I'm seeing now is just just what just a couple of eights here and there now. For the most part, yeah, I mean, I throw good. a seven. I'll throw a seven here and there, and that's mental. So. You know, I think my mental game is maybe in the seven eight range, and I think that's on the upswing. But you know, 
it's the target panic is really um is really good right now because i feel like my form is damn near a nine i feel really really strong and i feel really confident as long as i can stay in that mental realm sky's the limit if not you know we'll i'll find out where my weak link is if i if i you know if everything falls apart but I mean, today I shot another PR, shot a 282 half. I only had time for a 300 round, so I banged out a 300 round and shot a um, 282 World Archery 290 Lancaster. So nice. It was nice. It was definitely a eye opening, and I shot it six arrow ends again. So like, I'm not taking my time. I'm just blow. I'm blowing through the 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 30 arrows, trying to not shoot them mindlessly, but shoot them like very fast pace, hammer it out, you know, not stand there and think about, Oh, you know, I almost missed that one or all that, you know, just, I literally would just throw an arrow in, draw back, hit my anchor tip, um, lollipop. And then my immediate attention goes back to concentrating on the feel of my release. I go back to the tip of the arrow and then boom, it goes. And then I try to make sure that my release finishes the exact same every time. And I mean, I literally know if that arrow is going to go in the middle by the time it leaves my fingers. That's a good place to be in. It is, but I, I had commented, um, Alex, what's Alex's last name from Canada? Melnick, I think. Melnick. Yeah. He's a, he's a hell of a shooter. He, he commented, I put it up on Facebook or Instagram and you know, I kind of wish I wasn't peaking right now. I feel like I'm peaking right now. I could be, I hope if I'm, I hope I'm not, but I feel like I am. I don't want to peak this early, early before the classic. So I really ramped up my volume. So we'll see. What'd you say, Grayson? I said, tell me about it. I feel like I peaked way too early. Yeah. Well, you started (laughs) earlier than normal too. Yeah. You might have gone, going to Rome. And prepping yeah. for that, because we talked about that. You're like, hey, I'm starting earlier than I ever have. And Yeah, I hope you peak, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where you were saying you feel like you know the arrow's going to go in the middle when you let go, that's where I was. Um, and I'm not quite there right now. It's like, oh, is that going to catch the left or the right side of the nine? Before, it was like, that's going to be middle of the ten. But I'm just not quite there right now. Yeah. Not a bad spot, but like I said, just maybe peaked a little early. Hopefully, I'll find it again. Yeah. But I think um, to have a good run at Lancaster, the most important part is the mental game. If you can sit there and hammer gold and stay tough mentally, you can make a good run. For things like indoor nationals, where it's a, a double 600, that's where you really need to be consistent with everything. Right. Two days. We've got two days to be, you know you have to hammer out two days and you have to do them really, really well. So that's, you know, and it depends on where you're staying, how you're driving, where you're traveling to, you know, I drive an hour back and forth. I don't stay in Lancaster when we shoot there. If I even get to shoot there right now, I'm on the waiting list. Uh, Shout out Brian Brady. Take care of me. Come on, dude, let's go. Um, (laughs) Um, you know, but driving, you know, driving back and forth, shooting early lines, shooting later lines, you know, like I'm, I'm a, because I'm always at GHA, I shoot mainly all evenings. 
I always shoot my better scores in evenings. Now, the classic, I'm shooting the new line. It is what it is. That's only because we got so much other stuff going on. You know, that you, you got to think of those things when it comes time to scheduling line times, if you can, if it's possible. You know, for you yeah. sh- shooting evenings, shoot evenings. You, you shoot a lot of mornings, right, Grayson? Yeah, kind of middle of the night, early morning stuff because of my work schedule. Yeah. So, like, you would probably will fare out better on a 9 a.m. line or an 8 a.m. line compared to some other people because your body's, you're used to being awake and, you know, that's your evening because of your schedule. So, but anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, anyway, just still trying to work on some grip pressure stuff on my end. I'm just, every once in a while, I'm healing the bow and I'll get like a high nine or an eight or, you know, like directly 12 o'clock up. That's probably the one thing that's boggling my mind. I just, I lose my mind, don't set my grip right, and boom, it's a high, high arrow. So, anyway. I would say, uh, don't, don't do that anymore. I you should be okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> that's such good advice. Don't, just don't. Whatever do you're doing wrong, stop doing stop it. Stop doing that. Yeah. Just do it right. Oh, man. Well, here's to a couple more weeks, fellas. We got the Lancaster. Registration closes January fifteenth, so anybody listening, you know, get on it. You're you're running way out of time. Um, World yeah, Archery. Sign up. We have uh, one hundred and eighty six in the men's class right now, and sixty in the women's class at this point. So pretty good numbers, but we still have some time to add to it. So we're pushing three hundred right now. What? Oh, uh, we're we're pushing two fifty. Two fifty. So yep. well, that's not <laughs> that's not many, and you know, the last two weeks usually everything. All those numbers climb, so hey, what's the chances? I don't know, maybe we'll get another fifty shooters. That would be awesome. That would be absolutely amazing. Um Yeah, we're almost fifty more than we were last year total, so already. It's pretty yeah, it's pretty good. Heck yeah. Uh another reminder before we jump into the year in review, Barabo Year in Review podcast for two thousand and nineteen, we have to remember the world records for Barabo are officially available starting January 15th. So just for FYI out there, for all of you across the across the, the water, across the pond, America, whoever, are, uh, you know, <laughs> there's going to, or I'm sure we'll see that change hands real early on a couple of times. But how about that? You guys looking forward to that opportunity or what? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's going to be awesome that we're finally included in that. Uh, give something for people something to shoot for, uh, and the way they're doing it, where they're kind of delaying the record, it's not going to change hands a bunch of times in the you know the first week or two. So you have to shoot a couple months, and then they'll take the best that they've received, and then they'll go from there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be awesome. We have the 18 meter, uh, 25 meter, and 50 meter. So, yeah, is there 18 and 25 combined, or no? Uh, I don't. I don't think there's a combined. So we've got 18, 25, and 50. That'd yeah. be really fun. I think I think we're going to see well, the 18 here in the 60s somewhere. I, w- I would say close, mid-50s at least. Somebody will do that. And then probably in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, 25 meters. I don't know if a lot of people shoot that, but I think that could definitely be 50s to 60s as well. Yeah. I think and I think we can. Uh, I think we can get to twenty five. 
I think that's the the mid sixties is going to be a good score. Um, if you get hot, you could easily push that in the seventies. Um, indoors at eighteen, I, I agree with you. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be mid upper sixties with that one. Yeah, all... yeah. For this year, somebody might get hot and put it in the seventies mm-hmm. at some point, but yeah, I think you can count on somebody across the world shooting in the sixties pretty much every year. Yeah, uh, and then the fifty meter. That'll that should be in the 60s, I would say, if we get some good weather, uh, in the possibly in the 70s, yeah, and maybe eventually with 80. I think yeah, uh, the there. Yeah, the potential's there. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this weather. Get some shooting it. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's going to be a lot of people around. What's What's cool is there's going to be a lot of people around the world now that um, we'll have that opportunity where before they were running some maybe some obscure rounds like a 40 meter target or they were running 70 or, or something. Now we're all on the same page. So I think the, the scores will be quite high. Yeah. Yeah. Don't the people in the UK shoot the 122 centimeter target at 18 meters for their outdoor stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I know they shoot a 60 centimeter. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, I saw they, around to shoot once. They, they do shoot some weird stuff. Like, uh, I know they do shoot a lot of 90, um, yeah. which is the other extreme. Um, so it'll be pretty neat to see them shooting uh, some of the same rounds as well now. Yeah. Yeah, they do have a ton of rounds. It would be cool to play around with some different stuff because for me, I'm mainly like 18 meters and 50 meters. I, I don't mess around with a ton of other rounds. Yeah. But they've got a good variety. They do, but I mean, like I, I shot that twenty or the the twenty yard eighteen meter, uh, sixty seven meter Portsmouth around the other day, and I have no desire to ever do it again. <laughs> it was it just I don't that target. I didn't take any practice; I just hammered it out, man. And I'll I'll take a forty centimeter face any day. I'll I enjoy that struggle a lot more. I can I don't yeah. know. There's something about it. It just didn't didn't appeal to me. Yeah, um, after our shoot off today, there was a 60 centimeter on the lane next to me. Yeah. I think a three year old was at it earlier, but, uh, I just scooted over and <laughs> shot at it. <laughs> shot nine, nine arrows at it and they were all tens. I mean, the gold is really big and the way I aim my arrow just kind of covers up the gold. Yeah. It's really easy for me to aim at. So I think that would be a, a good round for me to score pretty well on just the way I aim. It, it lines up really well for me. Yeah three-year-old <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy too funny <laughs> all right well we are officially looking at the 2019 year in review for barabelle um it was a pretty it was a pretty wild year i think 2020 is gonna has the potential to have a heck of a year, especially with all these record opportunities and whatnot. But so we're gonna we're gonna kick things off. And last time uh, we spoke, we we talked about well, the three of us spoke, I should say, not on the podcast. The year in view. We're gonna start in two thousand eighteen in Rome, correct? Yeah, you know, start there. John went to that tournament, uh, so he could tell us more about it. Yeah, I went. I shot. I sucked. 
Uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty good opportunity to get uh, barebow and and they even got longbow in there. Um, something to open up the doors, and I think that probably helped a little bit. Um, developing interest in uh, getting a a round unified four world archery. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, I think we had sixty some men and around thirty women last year. They were up a little bit more this year, but uh, last year was pretty cool. I think David ended up having the high qualifying score for the men. Um, I was yeah. second. Uh, I forget, was it Chinsio? Maybe they had the highest. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't go backtrack and look at that, but yeah, I think Chinsio had Cincia. the highest. Yeah. Yeah, I think she shot pretty well. Uh, she ended up five forty six. Well, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And then Lena was five thirty three. So, I mean, they're always strong. Dawn was five twenty five. Those are your top three qualifiers. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, they ended up Chinsia won against Sarah in the gold medal match. Uh, Sarah's from Italy. I can't pronounce her last name. And then Eleonora, she beat Fawn in the bronze medal match. She's also from Italy. Yeah, she's another great shooter. Yeah, Italy's pretty strong. The yeah, they're, they're deep. I've lost uh, one of them myself. You you lost to an old timer. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. you, prob- you probably lost to the Italian version of Paul Vogel. Yeah, I bet he, he probably is the Italian Paul Vogel. I don't know, I lose I lose to everybody who's old. I just can't Sweet. help myself. Yes, <laughs> that's a perfect statement. Good job. That's good. Yeah, your stars Thanks are lining up pretty good right Man, now. Frank. My confidence just went through <laughs> yeah. the roof. Through the roof. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, we went from Rome, and then here we are, a couple of weeks out for ourselves here for 2020. We had the 2019 Lancaster Archery Classic. Record attendance once again. Um, Grace, and I think you can you can tell us about the 2019 Classic. <laughs> Yeah, the classic last year was a blast for me personally. Um, I mean, I shot the, the morning line and I had a so-so first half and my second half, I was on fire. It seemed like I ended up qualifying with a 570, um, which funny story. I don't know if I've ever told anybody this other than John, but the year before I shot a 550 and as soon as I walked off the line, Saw John, told him how it went and everything. I was like, you know what? Next year, I think I can shoot a 570 here. And I, the next year, I shot a 570. So that was pretty cool. Um, but all in all, it was a great tournament. We had a ton of people there. I met a ton of international folks. Um, Michael Fisher, he obviously won the thing. He qualified second. Thank you was third, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, those were your top three, uh, after the shootouts as well. But it, it was great to see a ton of international folks show up to this thing. It's just a testament to how much it's grown over the past few years and all the work that Lancaster's put in and um, folks like John have put in trying to grow the sport. And it, it was just really awesome. Yeah, last year they had a huge influx of international shooters. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a ton. Uh, there are a lot of international shooters high on the qualification list, too. I mean, Danelli Bellotti from Italy, another Italian. Uh, Lena, she was up there. Shinsky was um, up there too. Yeah. There's a, yeah. A, a Eric ton. Johnson. 
Yep, Eric. Yeah, yeah good to see some international folks come over here and choose this tournament. This year we have a, quite a few coming as well. Yeah, a lot of the same familiar faces and uh, a few new ones too, so that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely exciting, and there's no there's no other feeling like watching those shoot-ups, with, especially since they changed the the atmosphere last year. Last year was the first year they moved it to that new room over where the practice range used to be. And so the the lights are all down, you know, and you have the platforms up. Not that I would know what it feels like shooting on those, but you guys definitely do. And, you know, so they've, they, they keep amping up the production value of the Lancaster Archery Classic shoot-ups. I can't wait to see what changes this year. I think it's going to be, you know, I'm sure they always up the ante in some way. So I got to think, I don't know. We did jokingly mention a couple of times about, uh, uh, entrance music like they did at the the JVD Open, the KOAG. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe they'll maybe they'll they'll throw that into the mix this year. Who knows? I, that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. That would definitely be pretty cool. But um, you know, I mean, and now not to I don't want to tread over the 2019 classic, but the exciting thing this year also is that we now have a women's class, which we've mentioned before, but. We are super excited because now, now all women's bare bows growing in its own rifle, um, its own entity, which is pretty awesome, and their numbers are 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 up tremendously as well. So, John, how did you do with the classic last year? Where'd you end up? Uh, I did. I did okay. Uh, shot a good. Well, I shot a decent qualification. Won a few matches, and I ended up. Losing against Fisher in my last match, going to the stage, uh, I was up. I was up a few points on him, and just things just didn't click. You know, make a couple good shots, and they were scoring sevens and eights, and you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and that's just how it ended up. Ended up for me. Shot three good rounds, and my last uh, group of three weren't as good. Mm-hmm. And Fisher, I think, came back with a 30 and ended up taking it. So that's how mine, mine ended. But yeah. up until that point, it was going decent. Yeah. That was last year's uh, elimination rounds were fun to watch. I was unfortunately a spectator. <laughs> but it was my <laughs> <laughs> it was my third Barebow tournament ever. And I finished with a 5-11 or a 5-12 because that's where the cutoff was. And yep. 5'11", yeah. 5'11"-ish, yeah. So, you know, it's all good. It was fun to still sit there and watch and kind of experience it and and pay attention to what was going on and how things were running and kind of feel the, the buzz around Barbo that there's just always seems to be. So, you know, I'm excited this year to go, to go back. So I remember my first year shooting in the Classic, I was like nervous as all get out. And then as the years have gone and I placed pretty good and, you know, one year and then last year I was on the, on the bubble. And then, so I'm excited to see how that all transpires with everything. So, but anyways, that's one of the, that's the only reason we're even talking about it is that's one of the tournaments where the three of us actually shot together last year. And then, so moving forward, we have 2019 Vegas and Vegas, that was last year was a big year for Barebow in Vegas, right? Yeah, it was the first year that they gave us an opportunity to have a uh, barebow recurve class. 
Um, they gave us uh, the chance to put it into the flighted class because that was going to set us up for most likely to succeed mm-hmm. uh, as a class in general. And we killed it. They were hoping that we'd get 40 people signed up for that class. And we ended up getting 150. Wow. I think right now, I think right now we're over 120 and Vegas never signs up fast. Uh, so I had fully anticipate getting that up to 180 plus. So last year was pretty awesome. It was kind of like a milestone for us that we got our foot in the door in Vegas. So that was pretty cool. We had, a few internationals, uh, Fisher stuck around and shot that with us. We had uh, a couple of Clevin boys from, oh, they're going to kill me. I think they're from the Netherlands. Yeah, Netherlands. Yep. Yep. They were yeah. there. Uh, Twan's a pretty good shooter. Um, shot a lot of uh, international field and, and has done quite well. Um, there were. Yeah. He was in the lead after the first day, I think. He shot a, a really solid round. I think it was a. 77 or something, I think he opened up with. Yeah, 77 yeah. or 76. Really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think he ended up fourth. Uh, yeah. You were first. Dillinger was second. And that was was kind of tight there at the end. Yeah, who, who ended what up third? Was it, was it Ed? It was, or was Fisher. It, or Fisher. Fisher, yeah, Fisher. That's yeah. right. Ed was fifth. Ed was fifth, yeah. It was, it was really close, uh, third through fifth. Even the first two, like Dillinger and I had a good battle the last day. It came down to the last yeah. end. Um, he was up on X count, so there was going to be no tiebreaker. And I, the way it worked out, I ended up shooting first on the final end. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm just thinking, just put out a good end. Put out a 30. Make him shoot a 30. Uh, and I almost did it. I ended up shooting a 29. And I'm like, okay. If he shoots a 28, you know. So be it. He wins. And that's what it is. And it, it came close, man. He, I think he ended up with a 27 and two of them were almost jar lickers. Um, mm. But man, it was just, it was a, I mean, it was a battle. Poor I mean, Billy, it, man. I mean, it, <laughs> he always it, battles to the death. Gosh, he, I mean, he, he puts up a good fight every single time. Every time. Well, one of these times that that tide's gonna turn and it's just probably gonna. Yeah, he's gonna go on like a three-year run where he just mops <laughs> us all up. Yep, that's you know what's coming. <laughs> we're just trying to we're just trying to keep it to keep it on its heels for right now, but yeah, we know we know it's coming. It's just a matter of time. That's outstanding. So we move from Vegas, uh, first year Barabo at Vegas to Indoor Nationals, which once again, the three of us shot. Um, John, you and I shot, did we shoot a J, we shot two, no, we didn't shoot together. You shot two classes for Indoor Nationals. We started at Lancaster and shot there, correct? Yep. Um, yep. And you shot, you think you shot Longbow and Barabo like back to back or something like that. And yeah. And after all said, Grayson, you shoot down in Harrisonburg, is that right? Yeah, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Yeah, which we have coming up soon. Um, it's not that far. Yeah, away. I still need to sign up. Yeah, well, I may. <laughs> so let me. Uh, 
Don't let go past the deadline. Send me a reminder. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> remind you because I may end up coming coming to Harrisonburg and shooting with you. If Brian Brady doesn't get me in on the waiting list, <laughs> I have to. I got. I got to yeah. throw it out there. Come on, Brian. Come on. Count on you, man. Count on you, man. Um, but anyway, so indoor nationals, Grayson, you ended up uh, coming in, coming on the top, the top spot. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I shot an eleven twenty five. Which just that is a really good score, in my opinion, for me for nationals. I was pretty pretty thrilled with it. Uh, I had two really consistent days where I just I shot pretty well mentally. I was I was on fire both days. Um, I was shooting a fat arrows then, so I caught just a couple more tens than John. He also shot an eleven twenty five, but I got him on ten counts. So. If I recall, was it a couple or just one? Uh, I think uh, it was like four. Oh, it was four. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I specifically remember. Yeah, it was four. Punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I had 60, 60 couple, and he was upper 50 probably. But I think he shot, I, I think John shot more gold than I did, but I caught obviously more 10, so... Um, I guess I shot four more in the red and four more tens than you did. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, another another close battle. I mean, it's it's amazing that we shoot like all these arrows, 120 of them, and it comes down to a, a tiebreaker. Like that's yeah. that's just yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I mean we we wouldn't want it any other way. No, um, yeah. but it's just crazy to think that 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 happens so often. Yeah, it's like every tournament, it's, you know, comes down to one point or, you know, a 10 count or something like that. But, um, yeah, so we tied first and second. And then I think Dillinger was third in the senior men's. Um, and then there were a, a lot of solid, you know, performances at nationals on the senior men's side. Marcus Cooley and Jeff Daniels, Scott Hills. Uh, I mean, just everybody shot pretty well. You shot pretty well, Frank. That was uh, like my coming your, your out. Your best yeah. at the time. That was my best. <laughs> That's correct. That was my coming out party as a showing some promise within Verbo. I ended up with a five twenty six. So, which yeah. you know, for my first year, I think I, I was pretty happy. I I don't know what the overall finish was. I think it was maybe nineteenth. I think ish. For a while there, I was riding in the top uh, the top eight, and then. Everybody as the internationals, all the the qualifications finished up and the rankings I kept watching I was watching my name get bumped down further and further and further and further. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, I was so hopeful. But you know, I mean I, I think real realistically I knew that wasn't gonna stand. So but yeah, no, it was good. It was it was exciting and you know, that was when like the light bulb came on the first, very first time. And I was like, holy crap, this is really gonna, this is really, I can do this. And John was talking, you know, stopped to see me probably day one. Um, and probably like right at halftime, he's like, how you doing? You know, what's going on? And, you know, just giving some feedback and tried to listen and, you know, I didn't change a lot right there in the middle of the tournament, but a couple of things that I knew weren't a big deal. And, I mean, just, like, thinking about how green I was, and I was shooting, 
you know, not that it's not it's great starter equipment, but I was shooting a Galaxy Torch and Galaxy Limb, so I wasn't shooting expensive equipment. So you can shoot okay scores with less than stellar, you know, less than top end equipment without a doubt. But yeah, you can shoot great scores with yeah. equipment like that. It's but just I, you're gonna find your best with high end equipment, I believe. I think you're you're right, you know, and and I know I know you're right. It's just. It is what it is, but you know it's just shows proof though that there's it's a, it can be done. It absolutely can be done. You just I think your form might have to be a little bit more consistent to be able to do it because the equipment doesn't always um, have the same forgiveness that like a higher end setup would, or when you fine tune your setup to the way you shoot. But yeah, so it was it was good though. It was fun. I unfortunately wasn't able to to make um, the indoor finals. But on um so on the women's side, also with indoor nationals. Yeah, uh, Fawn shot really well. She shot a ten seventy. She finished first for the senior women. Um, second was Loretta Sakala, maybe. Uh, not sure on her last name, but um, she came in second. And K girls was third, followed by Claire and Yao. They were the top five, and they all shot over a thousand, which is pretty impressive for our senior women. Yeah, there's like everybody seems to be getting better and better, and that's awesome to see how many thousand shooters we have now. Where five years ago we could count them on like one hand. Seven years ago, it was. I think we we talked about this before. It was absolutely brutal looking at those results. It's come such a long way in a short period of time. Yep. I can't wait to see what this year's results look like. I'm excited to see how many American um, barebow shooters we have and the higher end of the scores in the in the world. You know where we stack up yeah. against the others. I think uh, we counted at one point, John. There were over forty thousand plus shooters last year. I think. Yeah, it sounds about Throughout right. All the divisions. Yeah, so that's pretty solid. It shows our depth is growing. You know, we still have a little bit, a little ways to go, but. We're getting there. Awesome. Um, well, and then we had the the finals that happened out. Well, let's skip over the, the old <laughs> folks. Uh, let's let's the Masters class. <laughs> so Ed Krasowski ended up winning that, and he shot phenomenally well. Uh, I think it was the new national record, the ten ninety three. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was uh, that's right. New yeah. Yep. I forgot. It's gonna be a tough one. Folks. They do. Yeah, that's going to be a tough You'll one for anybody to get. Right? Yeah. yeah, Frank, maybe you can give it a run next year. <laughs> What's that? The, the Your record? No, the 50-plus-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ow. Gosh. <laughs> Listen. Listen. That might be so in nine years. I got nine years to go. Well, eight and a half, my, my wife would remind me. I'm pretty close. <laughs> I'm pretty close to 42. So, you know, I'm I'm... I'm not going to worry about that yet. I'm, I'd rather keep yours in my sights. How's that sound? Hey, go for it, man. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Ed has some stiff competition um, with Stonebreaker and Barker, Ben Rogers, Alan Eagleton. They all shot pretty well. Uh, Stonebreaker and Barker rounded out the top three, and Ben was just behind. And uh, William Hammock was fifth, Alan Eagleton sixth, and he shot a 10.33. I think he missed a cut for the final eight, but not a lot. Um, he's always dangerous. You can never count on Allen. Yeah, he shot then, pretty decent. 
it's kind of weird, but yeah, he shot this weekend. He shot pretty good too. So looks like he's. What did he end up with this weekend? Oh, uh, he shot a ten or a what do you shoot five upper five twenties, and then okay. five five teens. So he seems to be shooting a little bit better um, right out yeah. the get go after taking like five months off. Good. Yeah, I'd like to see him get back to his peak again because man, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. He's such a great dude. Yeah. Uh, next, I guess we had the. Oh, I lost my tab here. The women, the uh, the master women. Yeah, had the scores pull up, but okay. <laughs> Kim Hartman first, uh, Ruth and Carol running up the top three, and they were all again over a thousand for solid shooting by all of them. Yeah, very good. If I can pull up the final, the final eight scores. You mean the final eight that you lost in the final match that you're talking about? Ah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to, to Rick, that old, that yeah, senior, that senior shooter. I just wanted to yeah, check. he's extra so, senior too. <laughs> he's extra so, senior. I mean, some, sometimes you hope that these people just like forget where they're at and forget to show up to the shoot. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he lost one and they're on the street or something. Listen, nothing, nothing but, uh, but love for for these guys. We're <laughs> we're yeah. just being facetious, but that's we're the just same time. Yeah, we gotta we gotta throw them some serious uh, support as well because they're still these guys are kind of the ones that started this thing. You know, they've been in it for such a long time and are and still whipping up. Still whooping up. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Rick qualified sixth overall. He shot a 10.65, and he worked his way through the eliminations. He, he knocked out John, um, and in, in the gold medal match, neither one of us shot very well, but he shot better, and he earned the win. So I had to to him. Absolutely. Yep. You lost. You lost against a guy who didn't know he won. <laughs> <laughs> he got done exactly. shooting his last arrow, and he's like. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I think he started off the last end with a six, maybe. And I don't think his second arrow was great. Um, but all I had to do was shoot just kind of bad, and we would have went to the next match. But I shot really bad, and he ended up winning. Yeah. Well, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know Fra- it too. Frank, Frank knows it every day. <laughs> oh man! I'll tell you what. I can't wait till I beat you two for the first time. Like, how's it feel to be beaten by an old man? I know it might take a while. It's coming. It's coming. You just wait and see. You just, you just wait and see. No, it's, yeah, you're in a second. Anybody can be beaten on any day. Um, I've yeah. certainly been beaten by pretty much everybody. So yeah, that's true. That's very true. You don't know. You don't know who's gonna have like an amazing day. I mean, you got, hey, we got kids coming from Australia that shoot 530s and 540s. And, you know, there's literally anybody can can step up and and have a good day. So, I mean, yep, it's open. It's available. We're all going to find out. There's these young pups coming up through, too, that just, you know, in a couple of years, it's going to be crazy what some of these kids are doing. Hopefully, yeah, we need a, a good foundation of, of younger archers to move the, the sport forward. 
I think we've got a lot of people in the like the forty to sixty year old range, mm-hmm. um, but not a lot in between. Uh, I'm like the only shooter I know who's not forty plus. Yeah, there's there are a few, a lot. but yeah, not a lot. A lot. What what are you? You a millennial? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot in that category shooting <laughs> archery. Yeah, hopefully they come around. They will, I'm sure. Indoors finished, and we moved on to, I guess there's a little lull there, and and jumped into outdoors, and I didn't shoot any national events outdoors. I just shot the local stuff um, here in PA, but I know you guys, Grace and you, had some early success in the 50-meter game, and then I know, John, you you made your rounds around and ended up having another fun head-to-head with... uh, John Dillinger, but so let's let's get started. Let's talk about outdoor. Yeah. Um, so typically, I stop shooting after the indoor season, but this year I was motivated a little bit to shoot some outdoor stuff and you know, try the fifty meter. Um, so I went to a few tournaments, um, and I was shooting it pretty well, really well in practice. Uh, me and John were messaging back and forth. Me, him, and Dillinger actually. And we were, we were all kind of gunning for Rick's record. And we're like, this thing is not going to stand by the end of this year. And I think we, between the three of us, we all beat it a handful of times. Um, but it, it was just cool to see the progression of those 50 meter scores go up when we put some time into working at it. Um, I shot a couple here locally in some pouring down rain. Uh, it's the first time I've ever shot in the rain. I had a good round going. The first one I ever shot, actually, first 50-meter tournament. I had a good round going, and all of a sudden it starts pouring. <laughs> and I never knew you had to aim higher in the rain. I had no idea. So I just, you know, aim on the gold, let it eat. The arrows look like they're flying down the center. I didn't look through my binos because it looked good. I get up to the target, and they're all down in, like, the three ring. <laughs> there goes my good round. <laughs> so... Yeah, they aim at the black to get them in the gold. So, lesson learned there. That's a pretty good uh, range. Yeah, it was it was a downpour, dude. We had to quit after nine ends. So, yeah, it was it was a good learning experience, learning how to aim off high in the rain and you know left and right in the wind. So that that kind of set the table for me as far as you know just learning how to shoot that round in the tournament. Um, the next one I shot, it was. That was close to home. That was only like 40 minutes away. So it was easy tournament to get to. Um, and I had a really good day that day. Uh, I shot at, was it 667? That's what it was. Uh, the second That's half was, it was on fire. I shot a 340. It was 340 plus in the second half. Yeah, I think it was and a 41. Yeah, everything was, was just 58, 59. I mean, it was, it was pretty smoking. I think that's going to be around our our top end, like 340 halves. I, I think we could eventually get there. But, yeah, um, I only shot two full rounds after that. I kind of kind of got into my normal summer routine, of, you know, being in the woods, hiking, camping, backpacking, that kind of thing. Um, but John definitely picked up on it from there, and he took off with it and shot really well, multiple rounds in the 660s, I think. 
and ended up getting the national record that I set. So I had a 6.67. Rick's previous was, I think, 6.49. And then John bumped it up to 6.68. And he also got the two-day record at least once, maybe twice. Yeah, I ended up getting it once and tied it again at, at Target Nationals. But, yeah, you you started off pretty hot and kind of got, like, the motivation going for everybody else. And Dillinger ended up shooting well uh, Target. I think he had a much better year this year than last year. Um, you definitely gave some motivation to, to get better. Um, so sometimes we don't get uh, the end up, you know, we don't end up getting the record. But sometimes, man, we just – you help contribute to it. And even though sometimes you don't get them all, it's like you're you're part of it. And that's – you're definitely part of um, why we got the record up to where we did outdoors in this past year. And you're definitely going to be the reason why uh, one of us is going to end up getting it even higher next year. So, you know, that extra push and motivation is is always appreciated. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we just end up helping each other out. So that was pretty cool that we were able to go back and forth with it. Um, hopefully we can continue to do so this year too. Yeah. It's a lot of fun when everybody's kind of gunning for it and, you know, we're sharing, you know, how we're shooting at the time, practice scores and all that. Um, between me, you, Dillinger, Stonebreaker, I mean, there's a ton of folks going for this record and a lot of people are capable of getting it. Rick actually shot a, a new master's record last year. I think he had a 659. 59, yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he was on fire last year, too. And, you know, if he has a great day, he could get the record, the senior record. Yep. So yeah. everybody has to be on their toes and, and pushing it. It's good to get the motivation coming from all sides. Yeah. And the, on the women's side, Claire ended up upping the women's record by a good handful, too, didn't she? I think she put it in the 630s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it's maybe. Yeah, it was in the 630s. I'm not sure. But yeah, she shot awesome. She's uh she's one of our best shooters we got. Um outdoors. Yeah. She's she's killer. She's a killer. Yeah, I and mean, she's really good indoors and out. I remember uh we kind of skipped over NFA and go national. Um but I remember her first round at NFAA indoor national, she shot like a two eighty five, which is yeah. I mean that's that's probably there. the second highest that's ever been shot by a female there. You know, her and Fawn, they're probably one too. Yeah. Um, I would I would think so. On the recurve side, she was probably definitely the second highest ever shot indoor yeah. nationals. And just to recap, um we had Dillinger, he shot the traditional class at NFA indoor nationals. Uh, I think he came in second. Bobby Worthington was first, is that correct? Yeah. And then Tim Johnson finished third in the traditional class, shooting a longbow and wood arrows. So congrats to him. Yeah, shout out to Timmy. That's pretty impressive, shooting against you know metal risers, stabilizers, carbon arrows, and he does it with a longbow and wood arrows. So props to you, Tim. Yeah, good on you. You and I, we shot in the barebow class against the compound, and... We had a chance to win. Uh, after the first day, we were one and two. I think I shot a 293. You shot a 292. Yep. Yep. And then the second day, we're all on the same bail with the the other top 
two in the, the final four and came down to the last end. I think we were tied. We were the, all the tied in the last end. Yep. And me, you, and uh, Rick Stark, who's a, a bareboat compound legend. Uh, yeah, we were all tied. And I think Rick and I shot 24s. So we ended up with a tie score. And just goes to show again how close these things are. After 120 arrows, we shot the same exact score. And he got me on X count. Yep. Just incredible how tight those things get. But that was fun. I thought, given the compounds around, um, we knew we had to have like a, a really good two days to even have a shot. Uh, we had an okay two days, I would say. The first day for us was probably pretty good in that environment. Yeah. Um, had we been able to do the same thing the second day, we could have come out on top. But it was just fun to, you know, show them that we can compete with our simple equipment versus their compounds and clickers and stabilizers and all that. So. I, I really liked that tournament. I think it was pretty fun. Yeah, we gave it a chance. That's all we that's all we could ever ask for. Um the chance was yeah. there. We just didn't take advantage of it. Close. But yeah. we don't we don't always get it. Yeah, going forward we'll have our own class. So that was our chance to take them down and we blew it. But <laughs> it was a good time. Way to go. You had you had an opportunity, but we go. We don't want to necessarily skip over the kids either. There was a, quite a few youth records that were broke last year, or set, I should say, um, as well. And I would have quick take some time and sh- you know throw some shout outs to those kids because they are you know they're super important to us. We want to we want to see the numbers continue to grow. But we saw some pretty impressive scores in 2019 um, through in for USA, of course, but. Um, just lo- looking through, we had 18 meter double round. Nathaniel Cartwright, the Aggie Invitational, shot a 10 18. Nathaniel, that's good. Yeah, and he also shot. Um, saw his name. I'll come to it then. He has another record in here that I saw floating around. He shot like a 520 something or other. Uh, I think it was. Mm. I, yeah, but I think he was the cadet. There's a couple different ones. I have to. Go through them all. We got Cassie Walsters in November. She shot as a in um, the cadet record in the eighteen meter double at nine seventy eight for the girls. We have um, Cassidy again for just the cadet record. So that was actually counted as a junior record and the cadet record. It's weird how how we can we do that in America, but it does seem to work out. Um, we got the Barabo Bowman in the 18 meter double was an 811. That's pretty impressive for a, a, a shooter that's 12 and under for yeah. for Barabo. I know there's quite a few others as we scroll through um, in the kids. Yeah, I looked at it at one point, and there were like 15 or 20 new kids' records shot this year. Just in that's the last absolutely year. incredible. Yeah, yeah the uh, talent down there in that age group. I mean, it's it's good to see. It's really good to see. Absolutely. He uh, and I just I found it. It's uh, Nathaniel shot up five twenty three, so that's that's an impressive wow. eighteen meter score for for a cadet. Five oh two. The Cassidy had a five oh two, so they they have that the eighteen meter single um, record there as well. And then we got my one of my students, one of my the kids that I coach, Logan. You guys have both um I think you both met Logan. I don't remember Grayson if you did. He's 
He's such a great kid. Um, he's he shot he broke last year's last year he broke the Bowman Barabo eighteen meter round record with a four nineteen, and he has since shot in in practice above that. So he still has a full year in Bowman yet. So he's he's working pretty hard right now. Target panic has has kind of reared its head, and ironically, he had some alignment stuff going on. In the last couple of weeks, I've seen a huge improvement. Just in, you know, it's amazing how the kids can be affected by that stuff. Even their demeanor changes a little bit with the way they shoot. And, you know, as soon as it, as soon as that affects them, you have to kind of, you have to nip it in the butt right away and, and make it fun and make sure they're doing things right. So I, I think we'll see Logan's names again this year, though, because he's, he's got such a great attitude. I mean, and I don't know if you guys know this or not. But Logan, um, and I know his parents very well, Logan has epilepsy. Do you guys know that? I do. No. I know, John, I think you did. Yeah, Grayson, he has epilepsy. And um, the archery has acted almost as, um, I've, I've spoken with his parents, and his parents have spoken to with doctors about him shooting archery. The archery almost acts as a, um, not a, I don't want to say, it's medically proven, but the doctor said that his seizure seizures had actually gone gone down um, with his activity wow. with archery. Yeah, so like his the fact that he got a record is great, but but really the big thing with him is the success in his health. Like it's it's really been a, an upswing in just his confidence. And when you're a child living with something like that, that's never going to go away for the most part, with the exception of if he does happen to grow out of it or his body. You know they get it under control with medication, but it's how it's helped him tremendously. So, you know, you want to talk about records in my book, and and for me, like that's probably one of the biggest things for 2019 as a coach is I have a kid that, like in Logan's case, that has um has overcome something like that. So, shout out to him. And, oh. Yeah, he's a great, he's yeah. such a great kid, but. Um, and then going through, we have a couple more. And uh, Ruby Chambers, I know Ruby personally. She shoots for the Lancaster Archery Academy. And uh, her coaches are Brian Brady and, and Heather File. You know, Ruby's a great little barebow shooter. She shoots amazing scores. Um, she's got the 25-meter record. of. She's got a couple of them, as a matter of fact. Um, for like the, you know, how they separate in the seniors, juniors, cadets yeah. cub and so she set a bunch of them with the one score she shot a 483 so you know that's, that's pretty good yeah that's yeah. pretty good she's 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 a real good little shooter i think this year though we're gonna see uh the kids up all of those records i think those records are gonna change hands this time this year they were sort of off the radar last year a little bit i think that it just all of a sudden people as Barbell has grown, you're starting to see some more attention being brought to to that stuff. So Well well just the opportunity for world records I think is gonna up the ante and even get more involvement. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the kids are starting to I mean, I have I have some shooters that you know, they have the opportunity to shoot Olympic Recurve if they want to and they choose to stick with Barbell. They like Barbell. They don't and and maybe that's a sign of the future. Maybe that's something we're gonna see. Maybe that's something they need to think about because Barebow is just it's just so appealing, you know. And 
things are looking good, but I think that's all of them. I don't think I missed any. And if I did, I apologize. Um, we're, we're looking forward to what, what happens here in 2020. So all you youth barebow shooters out there, we're going to be watching and we're going to be supporting you guys and girls. So, all right, gentlemen. What's next? Um, I guess, John, you can tell us a little bit about the it's outdoor national. Do the, the target national. How that went. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, <laughs> you and Dilly, right? Yeah. So, yeah, last year at target nationals uh, was an awesome year for barebow. We had, 125 adults show up, which just blew away the numbers to the previous year. Uh, the previous year we were kind of put on like a, uh, not really a probationary period, but we were warned that we need to get numbers up. Um, so we ended up getting, you know, quite a bit more. We ended up a 50% increase in, in numbers, which was great. We had a, a pile of adult male. Uh, senior male, or I should say, we had a pile of uh, senior, master male. Women's were up. Um, it was awesome. We had a lot of, a lot of shooters this past year, and weather was nice. Um, we had a great opportunity to try to get some records. Uh, came pretty close, uh, tied to two day, but couldn't get that one extra point. Came down to the last arrow, last end, and I ended up almost robbing hood and robbing hooding and nano in the x-ring and it kicks me to an eight and ended up wow. ended, ended up just tying the two day i mean shattered knock i mean the arrow sticking in caddy corner right in the eight ring i'm like oh you gotta be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know but that. <laughs> but i ended up having a awesome two-day shoot for target nationals um so i had a pretty good lead uh for the first place but the uh the the awesome story came in at the uh, the open portion, which is the third day of shooting. After your nationals, you have the two-day uh, 72 arrow rounds both days, and that's your qualifying score for your placement in the open, which we do head-to-heads. Uh, that so day that's kind of indoor final for outdoor. So you got yeah. nationals and then uh, the open. Yeah. There are two separate for- things. Yep, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same scenario where uh, you shoot head to heads in the set format system. Um, and the Dillinger and I had a an awesome head to head finals in the gold medal match. Uh, came down if to. If you have not seen that, watch it. What's that? Uh, if you have not seen that, watch it. Anybody out there? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was it was crazy. I mean, it couldn't it couldn't have been scripted any better. I mean, it was two nothing, two two, three three, four three or five three, five five, and then I mean, it was it was great. We had a a one arrow shoot off. Um, I was two years in a row that I was involved in a one arrow shoot off for the U.S. Open. Uh, the previous year was against Ben, and Ben, man, you just you could never count that guy out. Uh, same thing with Dillinger. I think Dillinger's turning into the next Ben. <laughs> Don't say that about Dillinger. <laughs> yeah, he, he's shooting pretty well right now. He doesn't need any more confidence. No, just kidding, just kidding Dilly. Just kidding. But yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, the ladies did phenomenal. Uh, Claire was, I mean, she was the uh, she was our rock she star outdoors great. too. 
she shot a, a twelve hundred at nationals, probably lower than what she would like, but still a solid score. She ended up qualifying or winning uh, the national portion and the U.S. Open. Uh, Susan Snyder came in second. Melody Richards was third in nationals. Uh, do you remember how the U.S. Open played out on the women's side? Uh, the U.S. Open, it was, I know it was Claire, um, Melissa, and third. The third one's escaping me right now. Oh, snap. Verbo senior women, uh, Antonella Bath. Okay. Someone I haven't heard before. Yeah, I've never heard that name before either. Well, shout out to Antonella. It's awesome. And, uh, go ahead. I know it's awesome when we always get when we get new names put in. Um, hopefully, we yeah. see them again in the future. Yeah, we'll remember it now. Uh, to put a Masters man stonebreaker so strong outside, he came out on top in the uh, in the nationals, and then um, Ben was second. Richard Parker third. Just three super solid shooters there in the Masters class. Uh, Masters women, Kim Hartman, Barbara Hughes, Amy Pack. That was your top three. But it, it sounds like a, an awesome shoot, and I'm kind of sad I decided not to go to it. Uh, hopefully this year I can make it. It's just a couple hours from my house here in Virginia. So. Well, the, uh, the, other, the other thing with that shoot, there's a lot more to do just than your normal qualifications because we have the mixed team event. And we also have the the solid team event, so that's another couple little tournaments all in one. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of arrows. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it this year. Um, after that, didn't you have the 3D World Championship, World Archery 3D World Championship we, in Canada? We, yeah, we did. It was uh, an odd year, so every odd year they have the the 3D Worlds. Um, that was up in Canada. Uh, boy, I can't remember how many people we had up there, but we, the U.S., we ended up fielding a full team uh, on the barebow right. side. It was uh, Dwayne, myself, uh, John, and John Winker, yep, uh, from First Flight Archery. Um, we had a pretty good, pretty good men's team. Uh, the women's, I think it was it was Fawn, uh, Susan, Susan, yeah. Anyways, what were, what were the final what were the end the end results there? Um, yeah, so, so on the on the men's side, it ended up being uh, David from France for first, Frederick Lundmark from Sweden second, and Dwayne for third. Uh, Dwayne and I had a pretty good battle for for third, but he ended up uh, getting me by a couple points. Awesome. Yeah, Dwayne stuff at any any format anywhere but 3d is really his game and he is just super tough to beat and he's he's been to a couple of those world championships now and he's had some success with, at both um and yeah. also doing and david jackson he's he's a really really good international shooter uh he's, he's done good. well at field and 3d yeah he's good um, about it he's pretty good at almost everything he's a really well-rounded archer yeah and same with Frederick. I mean, he can do, he's maybe the best 3D archer in the world. Uh, he won Rome. He's phenomenal indoors. He's medaled at 
field world championships. Uh, three really solid shooters there who medaled from Canada. Yeah. Yep. He's solid. He's he's tough. He's he's one of those guys you'd never want to face. Well, yeah. you want you want to face, um, but man, he can lay down perfect scores at times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All three of them are tough. On the women's side, we had Christine Gothy from France, who ended up getting the gold medal. Uh, Stein Estelle from Sweden got second. And Lena Bjorklund uh, ended up getting third over Fawn. So it was a very stiff competition on the women's side. Yeah, those world events, the competition is just on another level. So if, if you walk away with a medal, it's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah, it's a very tough format. It's a very tough format to win. You know, you yeah. get down to four arrows and that's it. So, I mean, you have to be strong every single shot. You know, you yeah. can't you can't slip up one time. Uh, I guess after that, that was probably about the end of outdoor shooting for the most part. Um, and then we kind of started shooting indoor again. I know um, Maria. She set uh, a new national record in her country of Denmark, Maria Olsen. That's yep. her name, right? Yep. Yeah. Maria Olsen set a new indoor record uh, as a 549. It's higher than their men's record previously. So yeah, that's she awesome. kind of just pushed into the scene right there and let everybody know she's here to play. Yeah, um, she's she's going to be a force to, to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah, she's no joke. And there's already some tough women. You know, you have Fawn and Claire and Lena and Cynthia and Eleanor. I mean, there's just a plethora of really good women shooters. She's just a, another one. Yep. Um, as far as other national records, I know Eric set a new 30-hour record for Sweden. Uh, he holds their 60-hour record, 577, which is an absolutely insane score. Um, but I guess maybe they've recently opened up a 30 hour record and he said it at 284, which is a solid score as well. Yeah. Um, good, good scores. Yeah. After that, uh, I shot my record in November this year, the 579. Man. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's old news now, so we got to put it away. I shot a 579 with an 8, two H. <laughs> I shot a 579 with a 7. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. It was the, the second to last end. I was like, man, I'm going to shoot a 580. Holy cow, my knees are shaking. I don't really know what's going on. And my arrow on that 7, it was floating all over the target. I let it go. It ends up just catching like the the edge of the the red it looked like to me the way it was cocked and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> so I kind of I kind of grounded myself there and I was like get it together dude you don't the 580 doesn't matter just shoot some good shots yep so then I ended up shooting 10-10 it was a 10-10-7 the last end it was either a 28 or a 29 but moral of the story is I I got too focused on shooting a score instead of shooting good arrows um, but I was able to kind of pull myself back together after shooting that, that bad arrow. So there was some good and bad. 
it, it could have been a little better at uh, 583, 584, maybe if everything was perfect. Yeah. But I, I can't complain. I mean, it, the, the first half, I shot a, a group that was like the size of a nickel. It was along the left side of the, the X ring. It, it was, it was insane. I can't even describe it. I've <laughs> never shot anywhere close to that in a tournament before. I mean, I've shot some pretty good tournaments, of course, but never anything like that. Yeah. It was, yeah. The, the grouping was tighter than even like practice. Now, I've shot better than that in practice, but never a half that tight. I mean, it was, it was just, I got no word for it, really. It was a special day. Yeah. yeah. A lucky day, fortunate day, you know, where some skill and luck and everything just came together. It was a perfect tune I had going with that bow and, you know, I had been practicing pretty well, shooting the 580s at the time. So it was, it was a good day. Yeah. Funny thing is, I almost didn't go because I had to work that night. So I didn't get any sleep the night before the tournament. I had to drive three hours to get there. And then I would have had to stay awake all day and work another 12 hours that night. So I was like, man, do I want to get some sleep? <laughs> no. But I was like, I'm going to regret whatever decision I make. Like, if I hadn't have gone, I was like, man, I really should have went. And then I figured if I did go, I'm like, man, I really should have got some sleep. But in the end, I decided to go. I was like, you know, I'm going to Rome. I need to get some tournament practice in. So let me just suck it up and go. I'm glad I ended up going. Almost didn't happen. Yeah. Hey, 7%. Let's ride it out to the end. What? uh, So looking back on 2019, what, what are you guys looking forward to in 2020? Man, I'll tell you, for me, it's just to do duplicate what I'm capable of doing in practice in the tournament. That's my goal. That's all. I'm going to duplicate it. I want to make sure that my mental game is on point and just want to, I want to do what I know I can do. I know I can shoot it. It's just a matter of making it happen when it counts. That's, that's my, run my process, run my shot. Be in, be in the moment of that arrow and not worry about anything else. Not about the value, not about placement, not about score, not about nothing. Just run my, run my shot. That's it. That's all I'm looking at. Yeah, for me, I gotta say it's not, not anything to do with winning a tournament or shooting a high score. I, I, I do want to shoot, shoot well. But when I say well, I don't mean a, a score. I just mean I want to shoot good shots with a good tune and good form and let the arrows do whatever they want. Uh, but I, I want to make it out to more tournaments and just have fun with the people at these tournaments. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to win, but of course, I mean, we all have an ego. We want to win. We want to be the best, whatever. But I would be fine not winning another tournament ever. You know, I just have a good time going to these events and hanging out. I, have a, I really have a lot of fun doing this, this podcast, just talking about Barbo and all the fun we have, the things we do, the people we see and talk to. That that's that's the fun part for me. And that's what I really enjoy and that's what I'm looking forward to in twenty twenty. Getting everybody together with the classic, having dinner with some good people, yeah. um watching the the shoot offs or being in the shoot offs, either way. Um and Vegas, I'm I'm planning on going to Vegas for the first time this year. That's going to be a blast, you know, win, lose, or draw. 
been to Vegas a couple times, and it's always fun. Nice. I just got a dirty one. Tiffany talking about Vegas. Stories. John, what about you, man? Uh, well, I think Grayson touched upon some of it. Um, some success is often determined by wins and losses, but I think it's more determined about enjoying the sport, uh, getting out, getting people together, um, shooting good arrows. Uh, I, th- I think Grayson had a really good point there. That, yeah. That's that's going to be my focus as well. Um, win, lose, or draw, whatever happens. Uh, one of my goals is to get Grayson to come out and try for the field nat- or uh, the field team. Uh, yeah, try out for the field team. Try to get us some extra spots for the World Games for 2021. Um, yeah, I would like to try some fields. Um, and I've shot some NFA field locally and stuff. And one day I do want to make that team. Uh, that has always been a goal of mine, but I just never. Whenever the summer comes around, the weather gets nice. I always get into other stuff, you know. Because my friends locally here, they're not as big into archery as I am. So I ended up you know, kind of doing other things with them just to hang out with people. And that's what it's all about, hanging out with people and having a good time. Yep. And the people around me locally, they don't shoot as much. So I end up, you know, kind of drifting away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the winter, everybody shoots indoor and it's a fun time. And, yeah, that's how I get back into it. But hopefully this year I can I can stick to it a little bit more and shoot some more outdoor and um, go to Target Nationals, maybe do field nationals and just have fun with it. Sounds good. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we have a our our big shoot for this year uh, on the barebow side is since it's an even year, it's it's going to be Field Worlds. Um, that's going to be in in the States for the first time in quite some time. I think it was near Pittsburgh. I think back in the nineties or eighties, um, of all places, it's going to be in Yankton. Um, it's not the best place, but it's a nice place. And I think we're going to have quite a few great competitors coming to that because it's also a world games trial year. So everybody's trying to earn spots for their countries for that. So that's, that's my big, that's my big focus this year is uh, get that field craft fine tuned a little bit and and give it a run. Yeah. Hopefully we can have a we should have a good strong team. I think Claire's going to come out again. Uh, we'll have to work on Fawn to see if she'll come back out. Um, but it'll, it'll be pretty exciting for the states and and for uh, the world as well. Well, I think I want to piggyback off of what I said earlier and also talk about like the bearable project itself. I'm looking forward to seeing how many people we can help um, and reach how many people we can reach and looking forward to our seminars and trying to kick notch up Barbo in general as best we can with the things that we've found that work, the things that we have found that don't work and the mistakes that have been made and the successes that we've seen and share that information with as many people as possible. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, I think the seminar should be pretty fun, get a, a group of people together and hang out and hopefully, you know, bounce some ideas around and uh, try to, you know, maybe uh, enlighten some people on some things they're doing wrong, can't see themselves, or, you know, maybe just some equipment issues they're having. 
Uh, if they can't quite find a good tune, hopefully we can help them out with that. But just to kind of fine tune what they're doing. Um, everybody's in a different spot, and hopefully we're able to identify that and work from where they're at. Uh, it won't be just a blanket thing that fixes everybody, but hopefully we can work individually with people and fix the problems they're having. So I, I think I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be fun, and I think it's really going to help a lot of people. Yeah, same. Looking forward to working with people who are enthusiastic about Barebo and that are that are um, motivated to get better because that's the first step that you need. You have to be willing to just do whatever is necessary. And and if they're coming to the seminar, they're coming because they want to be there. They want to get better. So we're gonna we're gonna put ourselves out there and and try to make that happen. And just like I said, and share as much information as possible to make that. Um, happen wherever across the country who knows well we're we, we got one scheduled who knows if others will pop up i know the guys at proline seem like they're a little interested as well so we'll see what happens you know but, a quick question we wanted to answer or no we did we had brad bradley thompson had a listener question or a from social media so what recovery strategies if any do you have used during a tournament after experiencing a bad shot or a string of bad shots in order to get back on track and finish strong? In other words, how do you deal with a bad performance mentally and how do you recover during and or after a tournament? Um, do you want to go with that one? That's actually a pretty good one. We'll try to we'll want to try to handle that one quick. Yeah, go ahead, John. Uh, okay, so how do I stop myself from having a bad performance after one arrow? Um, it's, it's pretty much just taking care of it right there on the spot. Um, let's say I'm fifth end in second arrow. I pull up, do, do a double clutch, let down. All right. Let's refocus, calm down. Just run your shot that you normally do. Pull back, double clutch again, spastic shot. It goes off. So what do we do? What I do is, Stop. Okay. Where did I break down? And this is all going to be a quick assessment. And almost every single time it's because of aim, the lack thereof. Um, so what I'll do is I'll change my aiming sequence. I'll extend it a little bit. That way I'm, I know I, I put myself back into control. I know that I have control of the aim. So, you know, normal, so let's say my normal sequence is two to three seconds of aiming. Now I'm going to change it to three to four. And I'm going to do that for a couple arrows, change up the pace, um, get back into total control. And that usually calms everything right down for me. Um, and it usually never lasts more than one arrow. That's how I end up um, trying to get back into control after one bad arrow. And sometimes I try to do that before it even happens. It's kind of like a preventative maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm cranking really good, I usually have no issues because I'm always in preventative maintenance control. I have to agree with that. What do, you, what do you mean by preventative maintenance? What exactly do you do to kind of prevent that? Uh, just try not to get in the same routine. Because um, when things are going good, I mean, we could do everything almost automatic. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it, it comes down to the same 1.5 second hold release. Um, by preventing, by changing that up a little bit here and there, it, it makes sure that we still have that same focus and we don't get, um, 
lackadaisical and we don't hit that internal clock. And then all of a sudden it goes, you know, on its own because we kind of built that into our, our sequence for that shoot or that, that round or whatever. Um, so that's how I try to keep everything kind of on its toes and, and prevent it from happening. That is a good point. When everything's going really well, the shots come off smoother, quicker, and you don't want to get to a point where you're going too fast and then you start running into issues. So just change it up. Let yourself know that you're in control. Slow it down a little bit. Just keep your mind working for you. Don't let it work on its own and shortcut the shot and you go down a bad road. Yeah. Is that, um, what about me, you, Grayson? When I start to run off the rails or have a bad shot it's because I'm thinking about how good I'm shooting typically um, or or it could be how bad I'm shooting like oh man this is this is not going well and this score is going to be ugly so when I, when I get to that point if I'm shooting really bad I'll say okay I'm obviously not going to hit the score that I wanted so throw that out the window and don't worry about it let's try to make this uh, like a practice session to get my form back and my mental game back to where it needs to be. So I'll, I'll pull up, I'll aim on the target, I'll hold a really long time. Some people have probably seen me do this in tournaments, but I'll hold for like 10 seconds if I need to. Um, hold for a long time, show myself I can hold on that spot without the extra tension that's causing me to throw the, the bad shots out there. And let it down. And then come back up, yep. shoot your shot. But you know, you have to show yourself that you're in control and you can hold on that spot. Like John said, a lot of the problem, it comes in when you're trying to aim. Yep. So you have to mentally make yourself hold on the spot. If you can't hold on the spot, just pull up, say you're not going to shoot this arrow, show yourself that you can hold on the spot and proceed from there. But don't let a problem snowball into a bigger problem. Address it right then and there. Um, now, if I'm shooting really well, um, I don't really do the same preventative maintenance thing John does. I, I typically hold, I try to hold longer, progressively longer throughout the tournament, because if I don't, I'll notice that it progressively gets quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like a conscious, like, okay, I'm going to change this up this time. Uh, I'm going to hold like four seconds versus two seconds, like John, it sounds like what he does. I just try to to hold longer as the tournament goes on because I get more of a groove. Everything's you know coming more steady. The nerves are kind of you know lowering for me um, as the tournament goes on. It's really the worst on the first end, probably for me. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about it. No, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Well, I'll, I'll touch upon that just a little bit. Um, I think we're doing the same thing, but I might not have explained it. Um, good enough um like my preventative maintenance is okay i have to hold at least this long before i'm comfortable with making the shot so it's not like a a set time period but is it it's a a mandatory at least this long before i can get comfortable in moving into the next process of the shot Mm. yeah i can't do that i have to I, i do what grayson does but i call them draw holds I do them every day and even um, when I do my drills and whatnot, but during a tournament, I will do a draw hold. If I feel like my shot's getting quick, 
even if it the shot was okay but it was quick i'll do a draw hold and i i there's been times where i was really weak and i went to do a draw hold and then it felt really good and i left it go um you know and that's what that was was mental weakness but weakness but i i do draw holds during tournaments all the time 10 seconds minimum and that's really to knock the edge off of the target panic and and sh- and like you said reaffirm it's my decision to hold that arrow there i have control of it and there's nothing that needs there's nothing that should step in the way the other thing that i do i don't know if either of you have ever heard of this but um it's called box breathing and it's something i was taught actually in the fire service like if you have a mayday situation in a house fire or something there's something yeah, yeah you do 4 second inhale Four second exhale, four second pause, and you do like a, and and you do it. You you hold it in for four seconds too, and that is medically reduces your heart rate and brings and and also reduces the tension in your um in your body. It's there's medical research that behind it. They teach it to Navy SEALs and Army Rangers and you know I don't know who else probably that live in in those same circumstances. And that's something that I will occasionally do if it's like a big, if it's a big deal, um, or I'll, I'll do that to calm myself down. I mean, it, it doesn't take long to do. It takes 16 seconds, but whatever it's, and I'll do it often. It's really only, only when it's absolutely positively necessary, but it definitely, definitely helps. So. Head over to Yoast, Y-O-S-T, com. Click on shop. Go to their pro tabs, their brass pro tabs, follow their social media, and make sure that you check out their specials that come up. Constantly throwing out new colors and options for the Bearbow Shooter. Yoast Archery Products, small company owned by two Bearbow Shooters that absolutely love the sport. You could also contact them at YoastArcheryProducts.com, Yoast at YoastArcheryProducts.com, and 717 659 9863. Once again, thanks for listening to the Barebow Project. I'd like to announce the winner of the Barebow Project swag giveaway from last week. And the winner of the Barebow Project t shirt, Yoast Tab, and Yoast Weight is Leslie Winker. Congratulations, Leslie. Hope to see you at the Lancaster Archer Classic. Thanks, everyone.